This is Copilots, the podcast where we watch not just the first episode of a show, but also the second. Some shows just don't have the best pilot episode, and giving it that second chance might just sway your mind. Here we take that chance for you, and let you know our opinions on if it deserves more than one shot. I'm Justice, alongside me is my co-pilot Josh. Now, for this episode, we're doing a bit of a theme, given that it's July 2nd when this episode goes up. So, Happy July 4th, everyone. For those of you celebrating in it, because I can actually happily say... Not all of our listeners are from America, as of right now. But what's the in-flight entertainment this week? Well, the in-flight entertainment this week, in all of its patriotic glory, will be G.I. Joe, a real American hero. The cartoon from 1985? Yeah, that thing. I mean, at least the theme song is a banger. That's a lie. Don't listen to him. So in this episode, we're taking a look at G.I. Joe, a real American hero. It exists. It's a thing. I remember I watched a few episodes of this when I was a kid, and I had a bunch of G.I. Joe toys. I didn't, and I didn't understand the G.I. Joe toys. I watched Thundercats like a smart child. Yeah. And I He-Man. Mm, He-Man. This show was still before my time. I mean... I mean, both of those were before my time. Most those things I enjoy are before my time. I mean, like... I was born in 94. I'm solidly a millennial. I was born in 97. That makes you a Zoomer? Yep. And Sadly. This is a Gen X show. This is a show Gen Xers grew up with. Yeah. And some other millennials, I guess. Yeah. Older millennials. And I guess maybe a few more Zoomers. I don't know. I had a really weird childhood, man. I watched and know way too much stuff that no one else my age comprehends when I make references to it. And it makes me sad inside. So I do want to say there's a pretty interesting thing about this show before we get started. This is the first episode of the cartoon. But it is not the first episode of G.I. Joe. The G.I. Joe had two miniseries before this. Yeah. Um, that ran in 1983 and 1984. And then this was the first episode of the full cartoon. Yes. And this ran for, I want to say, till 1987. Maybe. Two seasons. Yeah. Something like that. 90-something episodes. And it's from a combination of Marvel and Sunbow. So... I mean, Marvel was doing some pretty good stuff in the late 80s, early 90s. I don't know if they were doing good stuff. I can't think of anything that they did in the, in the late 80s, early 90s that was... I mean, when did the original X-Men come up? And I think they had a Spider-Man around that time, too. I mean, other than X-Men's theme song, is X-Men I enjoyed good? it. I mean, I enjoyed it. The characters actually had some of their best portrayals, if a bit stilted, but like more true to the character than a lot of other things have done since then, <clears throat> looking at you X-Men movies. So... But we're not talking about X-Men. We're talking about G.I. Joe. Do we have to? Can we just talk about X-Men? I like X-Men more. I mean, I like the memes that have come out of X-Men. Like the Wolverine lying in a bed, looking at a picture, touching it with his clawed hand. Because I know memes. Anyways, G.I. Joe. This is Season 1, Episode 1, The Pyramid of Darkness, Part 1. The Further Adventures of G.I. Joe. Yeah. So we get the theme song in the intro. And the theme song, regardless of what Justice will say, super solid. I'm not a fan of it. But it is interrupted midway through for a bit of opening narration. Yeah. Where we learn that G.I. Joe is the codename for America's daring, highly trained, and special mission force. It's also nice to uh, realize, if you've forgotten how ridiculous some of the character designs were, it reminds you really quite immediately in the opening. Yeah. Also, the the mid-theme narration is a little weird in 2020. I mean, like... It's not something that we're used to nowadays. Like, yeah. well, we're barely used to, like, opening, like, theme music anymore. Yeah. Opening credits at all, really. Yeah. 
But this one has it, and it has the mid-theme narration. And the theme, the narration actually does a really good job of establishing who the Joes are, what they're doing, and why. And it does it fairly well, fairly quickly. That is quite true, actually. But this first episode, we open up on a bunker. This bunker has a space shuttle in it, getting ready to deploy. Yeah. Wherever this bunker is, though, it's super secret, because the, the shuttle is being deployed from underneath a giant rock mountain range thing. Is it really a mountain range? It just looks like desert and then a really round rock. Which opens up to let the shell out. And I was like, oh, so it's going to launch from right here. But no, it's on these like, it's on this giant rolly wheel thing that rolls forward down this. It's on a giant launch tower, mobile launch tower with tank treads. And so it's being, after it comes up, it just goes down this road, which when you see it comes up, one side of the rock's farther over than the other one is to the road. And it doesn't look like it's lined up with the road because the road is not drawn to the correct scale of that when it first comes up. My question is, what is the point of even building this in a secret underground bunker? If you're just going to expose it directly outside, there's no point. And with this road that obviously leads right to that fake rock. Yeah, I know. And right to a landing pad. Like It doesn't make sense, man. Okay, cool. And so, the shuttle comes out of the underground base, and we get some shots of some Joes flying around. Escorting the giant launch tower with fighter jets and tanks. And we get our first instance of the in-show dialogue. Oh, man, is it... Fantastic. I mean, talk to me, Lady Jane. What do you see from your POV? Nothing, Serpentine Flint. So far, the launch looks W-O-C. W-O-C. Without Cobra. And it's worth to note that he's asking what she sees from her point of view. He's literally right behind her. Yeah, he's literally right behind her and a little bit above. Yeah, it's great. And then we see the ingenuity of G.I. Joe's technical designs. By which I mean, there was no reason for the shuttle to have a launch tower support system which you know is used to help hold your shuttle up so it can launch from a straight up position because the back of the tower descends to a diagonal degree where it's not supporting the shuttle anymore before the shuttle even takes off yeah it was just there to help move it so it wouldn't fall over and transport i mean apparently the thing is super steady it doesn't need the tower man it's at this point we get this pirate looking gi joe motherfucker who you have you have told me is named shipwreck yes and he, he doesn't look much like a pirate guys He's in a Navy outfit, but of course, because it's the 80s, it's unbuttoned down, so you can see some of that chest. And he's got a do-rag and a and He a doesn't parrot. have a do-rag. He has a Navy cap on. Oh, and a parrot. And then My he has bad. a parrot. The okay. parrot is the only pirate-esque thing about Shipwreck. My bad. And he's he's flying above them, and he's like, I think I'm picking up enemy readings. Uh-oh. Battle alert. We've got snakes in the dirt. And sadly, this is the first time, yes, but not the last time that we will get horrible, horrible rhymes for no reason in this dialogue. Or horrible puns. That's true, too. So, after we get the uh-oh battle alert, the launch site has a bunch of explosions across it. And Cobra vehicles start coming up from underground. Yep. And they surround the shuttle, and they launch these chains or ropes. It was hard to tell. They, they, I, were, I, they were like ropes, maybe high-tension cables. Yeah. With these giant weights on the end, and they somehow magically form into a net. Into a single large net. Around the shuttle and to stop it from going up. So the shuttle has launched, and is just being held in place. And then we get our first Cobra villains showing up on screen. That we do. Their names are like Zamat and Tomax. The Crimson Twins. They make puns about how they just caught a bird, you know, referring to the space shuttle. Yeah. And then they attach this tiny little thruster that they can hold in their hands to the side of the rocket. I'd also like to point out, they do this by these combinations of weird flying chairs that look like something MODOK would use. In addition to, like, a weird scooter front, and it just exposes their legs. It seems very inefficient for any type of combat. Yep, and they do it from these chairs. They, they hook up these tiny, this tiny little rocket thruster to the rocket, 
and the rocket starts moving precisely horizontally across the screen. Yep, that net is somehow just stopping the shuttle from gaining any height. It's not pushing it down. It's at the exact weight needed to stop the shuttle from not moving higher, but also not moving any lower. And then Cobra Commander starts bragging about how they caught the Joes off guard, and the Joes were never expecting this. In his wonderful, horrible, yet also great, raspy voice that we all know. But wait, the Joes were expecting this. They're prepared. Wait, they, what? What? They, they had they had hidden forces hiding inside the shuttle. Yeah. So then a fight ensues. Yeah, and they're fighting, and it's great. So one of the Crimson Twins gets punched by, I think it's Roadblock in the jetpack. I don't remember. That sounds right, though. Yeah. Because they feel pain, so he's like, oh, I'll just take on one of you, and the other one will go out as well, because they feel each other's pain. Mm-hmm. And then we get Destro just yelling Cobra from a video monitor that we see. Cobra! Because, you know, he's flying a fighter jet, and Destro really loves Cobra. I, honestly, at this point, I have no idea what exactly is going on. People, not just Destro, are yelling yeah. random things. and Cobra they, Commander, I think, is yelling for a retreat, and then... His people take off, and he's farther behind Don't them. Don't leave me! Yeah, he's yelling at them not to leave him. I think he refers to them as reptiles of some sort, which yeah. is weird that he's using a derogatory term because they use it all the other times. as like, look, we are reptile-based. This is not an insult. This is what we like. This is our thing. And while this is going on, there, there are Joes attempting to free the shuttle from this net that ha- that's tying it down. Yeah. So eventually... Cobra gets knocked into a river where the Crimson... Cobra Commander gets knocked yeah, into a Cobra river. Commander gets knocked into a river alongside the Crimson Twins. And they pull themselves up out of the water, and the Joes have them surrounded and are telling them to surrender, and then they get saved by these two giant robots. And as the two giant robots grab Cobra Commander and the Crimson Twins, just a Joe, I don't know which Joe it was, exclaims out loud, Suffer and sushi, what were those? It's water-based, so assume it's shipwreck. So then Flint assigns shipwreck and snake eyes to pursue the robots underwater. Yes. Into the river. And so we follow them for a moment, and of course we get more shipwreck dialogue because snake eyes doesn't speak. First they want me to fly, now they want me to dive. The minute they ask me to dance, I'm getting out of this outfit. To which I realize he's saying he's going to leave the Joes, but uh, all I'm hearing is the double entendre about how he's about to, he's more than prepared to strip for them. For his country, he'll strip naked justice. Of course, why wouldn't he? The parrot says something at this point, but I don't remember what. I just remember I just noted, remember noting that the parrot's voice is horrible, terrible, just downright terrible. Yeah. So while shipwreck and snake eyes are sh- chasing um, Cobra Commander and the Crimson Twins, Flint and Lady Jane head off in planes to chase after Destro, who is leading them into Enterprise City. Mm-hmm. And. Flynn and Jane are talking about how they have Destro cornered and then they're going to capture capture him. And then Destro... They, they say they're going to like capture this bozo. Sweet, sweet Destro says, this is one bozo who won't be caught at all. He, he recognizes and accepts the fact that he's a bozo. Sweet, sweet Destro. Yeah. So then we cut back to Snake Eyes and Shipwreck in their underwater pursuit. And Cobra Commander and the Crimson Twins have escaped to an underwater base. Yep. And so Cobra Commander sends his... Robots back out to fight them. The water robots. As uh, a, someone soon refers to them as H2O-bots, and I think it was Roadblock. I think he's down there with them. Uh, maybe. Because it wasn't Shipwreck. Yeah, but H2O-bots, yeah. um, which was great because actually their entire body is filled with water, apparently. Yeah. Like, 
I assume that's how they rise and sink. I would think so, yeah. Yeah. But as the robots are fighting the Joes out in the river, we get the, we get this monologuing from um, Cobra, Cobra Command- Commander. That was horrible. And apparently this has all been a part of the plan. Every single part of this has been a part of the plan. Yeah. He's one of the those. Including the part where he um, yelled at his men to stop retreating faster than him. Because... Yeah. So the robots are fighting snake eyes and shipwreck and like I think there's like three other ships. I think we only see one other person. I think it is roadblock. Yeah, I see there are four or five ships underwater. But one of these water robots grabs shipwreck's ship and crumples the wing and then throws him like a ninja star. Yes. And we cut to a commercial because and as he's as he's being thrown, we see the ship and the ship no longer has a crumpled wing. And I don't think we cut to a commercial yet because I have a note about enjoying commercials. No, no, no. I mean, we don't cut to a commercial. The show. Oh, the was, show. What happened? Was cut yeah. for a commercial. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the cliffhanger you want to leave them on. Yeah. We, then we come back, and as shipwreck flies through the air, he yells, "Man underboard!" And then. Really fucking really shipwreck, man underboard. Yes, I get it. You're underwater, but fun fact, you're still inside your fucking ship. So stop complaining. It's weird to me that a man named Shipwreck, who is in all rights a Navy member of the G.I. Joe, doesn't realize that overboard refers to being off the boat. Yeah, apparently not. Also, it's at this point that I've come to a realization about the show. You know what that realization is? It's bad? Oh, it's so bad. It, like, mm. Is that your realization? Is that one that happened for you? Yep, right there. Mm. It happened to me when the uh, space shuttle started to go sideways. <laughs> Uh, so Snake Eyes also gets grabbed by one of these water robots. Yeah, and so they both get crashed and thrown into the bottom of the river. Yep. So then Snake Eyes and Shipwreck sneak their ships away from the giant fight with the robots. While I think Roadblock and two others keep them distracted. And they enter the base through a giant pipe. Yep. Giant, obvious pipe. Yep. No grating to protect it, which, you know, isn't even a thing about keeping intruders out. It helps filter the water intake that you're using so you don't destroy any mechanical things that it's leading to, but whatever. It doesn't lead to any mechanical things. Yeah, no, it's just a giant opening that leads in a really easy way into your base. Yeah, it just leads into a reservoir. Um, so yeah. the other Joes that are fighting the water robots get sucked inside one of the water robots because it opens its visor and, like, sucks them in. Into its arm. Yep. And I'm like, that's a really easy way to capture Joe, so you don't have to worry about them. And, and then, <laughs> then it proceeds to hydroblast them out of the water onto no, the beach. First, it takes its hand off. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, like, I, it looked to me like it was, like, cracking its knuckles and wrist at first. Like, I was like, okay, I don't know whether ro- giant robot's doing that. But fun fact, I'd be intimidated if a giant robot cracked its imaginary knuckles at me. There's no one left for it to intimidate, but whatever. <laughs> but no, it removes its hand and just shoots them out of the water. So, yeah, obviously the submersible vehicles that they're in... They were also the planes they were fighting the Cobra. I think they were re- they were referred to as sharks when they were first launched out. Yeah, so obviously these planes slash submersibles, when shot out of water, have no control and crash. But also, obviously, this is G.I. Joe, so everybody parachutes out and they're all okay. And then we get a fun explosion as they crash onto the riverbank. Yep, and Cobra Commander thinks those Joes are dead because, of course, he does. Yeah. So we then cut to Cobra Commander laughing as the Crimson Twins appear. And he's, again, going on about his plan and how it's great that they're all there. And now it's just for, now, the only thing that they need is for Destro to join them back at base. And somehow, in the intervening time, they've all changed out of the the outfits they were wearing previously. Yeah. The twins are now wearing, like, weird and kind of bad, almost 90s power suits, but still fairly 80s. And Cobra Commander is wearing his kind of normal 
military jacket situation that he does, but with his face covering instead of the metal mask. I mean, they couldn't be 90s power suits, Justice. That's why I said kind of 90s-ish power suits. This is 1985. Yeah, I know. That's why I said kind of 90s power suit, but still very much 80s. So after he says that there's still waiting on Destro, we cut back to Destro, Jane, and Flint flying through Enterprise City. And Destro, sweet, sweet Destro, gets the line, I'll terminate this game of fox and hound by outfoxing my pursuers. And then he pushes a button. Yeah, his, his entire method of yeah. outfoxing. Which the button, when he first pushes it, it doesn't appear to do anything because he keeps flying. His entire method about foxing Jane and Flint is like the same out foxing that you see in like heist movies where the driver pulls into a garage yeah. and just sits in there. He flies behind a skyscraper and they split up to come at him and he opens a giant secret hangar door that is the side of the skyscraper and pulls in. Yep. It's literally the same as driving into a giant parking garage. Yeah. Yep. And then Jane and Flint have no idea where Destro has went, and... They just leave. They just leave. So then we cut back to Cobra Commander. Actually, they don't just leave. They make a pun, because Flint says something like, Enterprise City has just swallowed Destro up, to which Jane replies, it's something about Enterprise City having indigestion now. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't a good joke. It wasn't. And my retelling of the joke was even worse. I don't know. I think it was about the same, actually. Except my retelling of the joke didn't require you to sit through 10 minutes of the show. Yeah, so it's better. So then we cut to Cobra Commander talking about how clever his scheme was. Yeah, Cobra Command has been reunited at this point. We have all four Cobra Command members yeah. reunited. And that they've achieved what they set out to do. The entire attack on the shuttle was a distraction so they could secretly load cargo onto it. Yeah, so we then cut to the ship as it's heading up to... The G.I. Joe Space Station. Space Station Delta. So the cargo they loaded was two parts. The first part, contain we find out, contains actual Cobra members, like Cobra peoples and weapons. And a man named Zartan, who I think is apparently one of the higher up in Cobra Commander. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Cobra Command. And then the second crate they loaded, cargo container they loaded, cargo pod, that's what they're called, cargo pods. The second cargo pod they loaded... Contains these things called fatal fluffies, which are... I got this. Okay. So, the second container, they open and these tiny, weird, little alien-looking things come out. They're these brownish, little, small blobs that look okay, so kind of like an enlarged It's like somebody took a teddy bear, Yeah. smashed it together with a gremlin. And then added, like, two tiny little pink horns on top. I was just going to say they look like the Porgs from Star Wars fused with the Ewoks from Star Wars with tiny little pink horns on top. You know, that's a better description. You win. Yeah. And also inside the crate is a card from Cobra Commander. And the card says, These adorable creatures are called Fatal Fluffies. I'm sure you will enjoy their amazing split personalities. That's not what the card says. That is what the card says. No, the card says the creatures are called Fatal Fluffies and have a quote-unquote deadly secret. No, no, no. That's what they read. Because the guy who reads it apparently does not understand, like, the back half of that card. The guy that reads it is a Cobra guy in disguise. Was that the Cobra guy in disguise? Yeah, he takes off the mask and, like, he has... Okay, the, I thought it was yeah. the... That's Zartan. I missed the cut there. I just saw Zartan a moment later. So what I think happened is he's like, oh, it's a card from it's a card from Cobra Commander. He glanced at it. He's like, oh, Fatal Fluffies. I can just improvise this and just totally... I know what the Fatal Fluffies are. <laughs> These are my thing. So <laughs> he blows a whistle... And the Fiddle Fluffies turn into 
um, minotaurs. Yeah, knockoff minotaurs with guns and utility belts. Also, they breathe fire. <laughs> it's so good. But yeah, the minotaurs and cobra agents then surround the Joes that are on the space station. And then, because the thing we were watching it from had ads and commercials, we had ads. Fun fact, I liked the ads more. They were clear, concise. They knew what they wanted to tell me. What were we watching this on? Do you remember what it's called? Uh, Tubi? Yeah, Tubi. T-U-B-I. That, that's, yeah, yeah. that's the free plug Tubi gets. The ads. The ads were better than everything from the show so far. It's free and it has TV shows on it. True. T- TV shows like G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero, in case you ever wanted to go watch that. Don't. Don't do that. Don't do that to yourself. So, the ads... Actually, there, there was a really good ad here. Like, the Allstate ad? Oh, yeah. The Allstate ad was great. So, it had the Allstate ad uh, commercial guy... The one who was like, all stages there. And they were, they were at the scene of a car accident. Yeah. It was him and another guy. And they're talking about how the getaway driver wrecked. And then the other actor, not the Allstate guy, went on to about, but because of Allstate's forgiveness, even if he did have an accident and crashed, he wouldn't have to face higher uh, rates for it. To which he then gets cut by the director and is like, that's not the line. He's like, I'm sorry. It's just, and he indicates to the other guy and the guy like nods along like, yeah, I understand why you said it. Yeah, it's really good. And this has been Co-Pilot's Review Commercial Edition. Yes. So we get back to the show. Do we have to? Yep, unfortunately we do. So after the Minotaurs and Cobras surround the Joe agents, we cut back to Snake Eyes and I would Shipwreck. Li- I would like to point out something that I noted. And actually, I, I don't know why I noted it, but I did. Actually, I do know why. So the joes and the cobras use lasers because guns are too violent so i assume 80s they went with the lasers instead and normally in a lot of things mainly because of star wars really the good guys have blue or green and then the bad guys have red in gi joe i don't think it's just star wars i yeah, think it's yeah. color theory and it, it is kind of color theory but it was mainly popular and extremely especially in sci-fi space stuff for popular culture by Star Wars, but the G.I. Joe's lasers shoot red and the Cobras shoot blue, which also confuses me because the main accent color for Cobra is red, not blue, and the blue they're shooting is a light blue, not like the dark blue of their uniforms. It just bothered me. That's all. So then we cut back to Snake Eyes and Shipwreck sneaking into the um, secret Cobra base, which they find themselves in an airlock between the river and the underwater base. And now they have to swim for it. Yeah. And here is when we learn the parrot's name, Shipwreck's parrot's name. I'm sure some of you out there listening already know the Shipwreck's parrot's name, but I didn't. Shipwreck's parrot's name is Polly. Yes. Because obviously. Yeah. Because obviously. And of course, there's more puns from Shipwreck and the parrot. Yep. They're swimming. And as they come out from underwater, Polly's like, I'm a parrot, not a duck. And then Shipwreck replies, keep talking. You'll be a gone goose. Does Uh anybody know what a gone goose is? I'd like to point out, I hate puns. Just in general, I hate most puns. And I really hate bad puns. Thus, I really, really hate Shipwreck. Shipwreck is one of the two highlights in the show for me. He hurts my soul and makes me wish I was dead. I like Snake. Do you know why I like Snake? He doesn't talk. He doesn't have horrible dialogue. He's just there. Actually, I like Shipwreck is like my third favorite thing in the show. My favorites are Cobra Commander, Snake, Eyes and um, my favorite thing in the show is Cobra Commander by a long stretch. Yeah, yeah. My second favorite thing is coming up. I'm we, I'm not gonna okay yeah. spoil till we get there. So they come up out of the water and they find themselves in an underground subway system that is below the underground subway system of Enterprise City. Yes, and then we cut back to the Joe base. 
where they're just lamenting all the bad stuff and luck they've had with Cobra. And then they get a call from Space Station Delta. And they answer it. Mm, you're skipping a bit. I am not. Yeah, because before they get the call, Shipwreck and Snake steal some uniform from, from some Cobra Oh, agents. yeah, you're right. I accidentally scrolled down on my spot. Sorry. And then they sneak on board the, the Cobra subway system. Yes. And where no one questions the dog or parrot they have with them, or the fact that Snake Eyes is still wearing his ninja mask. They're not even a little bit suspicious. And they try to explain it away that they're not a little bit suspicious because Shipwreck just talks to them. Like, he's, like, philosophizing at them. Phyllis. Philosophizing. Sure, why not? We'll yeah. go with that. At them, and he's like, nobody wants to talk to a train, re- a subway, subway philosopher. philosopher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they just ignore him and the parrot and the wolf. And the dude in a ninja mask. Yeah. And then we cut back to the Joe base where they're just lamenting all the bad stuff that's happened to them. Yep. And then they get a call from Space Station Delta. And they're like, ooh, we finally got Space Station Delta back online. Let's answer this call. And it is Zartan. And he's like, ha, 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 co- ha, 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 Joe. We, we've used this transmission to triangulate your location. And now we're going to blow you up. And then they blow them up. Yeah. So then we cut back to Cobra Commander, who is now on an entirely different base. He's at the, uh, if, if you know anything... Can I interrupt real fast? Yeah, go ahead. I just want to say, for like 80s cartoons, having a villain say they're going to do something and then follow through on that evil something they said they were going to do, top notch. Oh, yeah, that's true. It doesn't happen a lot. No, it doesn't. Like, he was like, I'm going to blow you up. And like, in 90 other other shows, Shipwreck and Snake would have found some way to stop them from the underground facility. So then we get over to Commander, who is just happy that he's plan is succeeding so far and he is at another base location this one is the uh old temple looking one with the giant snake head on the front if yeah. any of you know what i'm talking about well he has to keep jumping bases you wouldn't want joe who he, who he just basically eliminated to find him yeah but he takes this moment to expose his plan to his evil plot to the crimson twins and destro who i would assume had to have already known what they were doing especially since they have steps for this in production He's just bragging to brag, Justice. I mean, honestly, he just took out the apparently top-ranking and best unit of the U.S. military. So, Cover Commander's plan is to use the space station, along with these things called command cubes, to f- that he's going to place at the, at the four corners of the Earth to create an electricity f- field called the Pyramid of Darkness. Well, hey, Justice? Yeah. Why is it called the Pyramid of Darkness? Oh, because as an electricity field, it's going to shut off all the power to these areas. And thus, governments and companies and things won't be able to do anything. So Cobra will rule with an iron fist. Which, you know, I love the fact that Cobra's plan is to use high-tech technology to stop technology. When apparently the only thing they're good at is using technology for things. You know what my favorite part about this plan is? Yeah. Their triangle of darkness... Pyramid of darkness, not triangle. Their pyramid of darkness... Only covers the northern hemisphere. Yeah, like people aren't going to just mass Me- relocate to southern hemisphere. Meaning, mo- meaning South America, parts of Central America, a- almost all of Africa, Australia, Australia, a bunch of South Asia, are all a hundred percent okay. Yeah, but no. Do you know why it's he's called- going to use that to rule the world? Do you know why it's called the Pyramid of Darkness? Why? <laughs> because without electricity, they won't have lights. Is that is that how that works? <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so then we cut over to Snake and Ship Wreck, and uh, they, they see these giant cubes, and they try to sneak farther into the compound. Why do you skip stuff all the time? Because the rest of the stuff wasn't important. 
we, we get we get an interstitial cut between Cobra Commander telling his plan for his giant triangle and Ship and Snake Wreck. Ship and Snake Wreck. And uh, I think you just repeated Ship and Snake Wreck again. You know, I realized I said it wrong, and then I was just like, fuck it, they don't matter. Okay, okay, that's fine. Um, So... We, in between those two scenes, we get a shot of the Joe's base that has just been destroyed. But Joe is... All the Joes are okay because this is G.I. Joe. Everybody's okay. So they're all get reorganizing, figuring out who's going to set up a new base. And they all vow that it's time to fight back against Cobra. That thing that they haven't apparently been doing yet. What have they been doing for the last 10 episodes? Because remember, guys, this is technically episode 11. Yeah. There was two five-episode miniseries before this. But because it's a new series, technically, we can review it. Fuck off. We also haven't seen either of those miniseries. Yeah. So then we cut to Snake and Shipwreck, and they see the giant cubes, and they try to sneak farther in. Their names are Ship and Snake Wreck. Fine. We see Ship and Snake Wreck, and they're trying to sneak in, and they see this giant line of Cobra employees walking through, and they're just saying a passphrase. Uh, yeah, something Cobra Command, something, something, Great Snake, something. Yeah. And there's a robot watching them go through. And next to the robot is a screen that's matching voice pattern, but of course they don't see that. So they try to go through, and obviously Snake's not saying anything because Snake Eyes doesn't have a voice. And so Shipwreck is the one trying to, like, say the passphrase and get through. And obviously his voice print isn't in the station ID. And so the robot becomes a Dalek. Exterminate! Exterminate! Close, close. Must be exterminated. 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 And then some spikes fall down from the ceiling. Some bars stop them from going backwards. And then we get some sauce popping up out of the floor. And we get these giant walls with spikes coming towards them. Mm -hmm. And that's the end of the episode. To be continued. Mind you, then we get the ending song, which I like the ending song a lot more than I like the opening. It's the same song. Yeah, but it doesn't have the shitty lyrics. Wow. Wow. Fight me. That doesn't just go to Josh, by the way, people. That goes to all of you. Fight me. So that's the end of the first episode, then. Yes. So, Josh, what are your thoughts on the end of episode one? So, I guess that's G.I. Joe, right? Like, I mean, I don't know. There was a reboot of this in, like, the early 2000s or the 90s, right? I don't know, man. I mean, whatever it was, I hope it was better. The G.I. Joe I watched as a kid wasn't this, right? Because I don't remember being this bad. Yeah. It's because you were a kid, though. So, uh, for me, it just has so many bad and unnecessary puns. Just so much. And then the action sequences are not well done. It jumps all over the place, and I get it. It's early animation. Like, you don't have these, like, really big companies pushing for nice, smooth animation. That's fine. But the layout for it is just bad as well, and it doesn't flow well, in my opinion. Yeah, there's terrible dialogue, which we've quoted. Essentially, no coherent plot among, like, the show itself. Yeah. Although that seems to resolve itself next episode. The plot, yeah, yeah. The plot really, like, The, the first half it. of this episode is really just Cobra doing random bullshit to distract Joe's. I, I get that. That's fine. Yeah, but, but the bigger issue is it's not self-consistent. Yes. And it, it gets much worse ap- next episode with some of the consistency issues. Because characters will go from, like... Wearing one thing, not wearing something else, to like having one thing, to not having it. To being it, here and then being entirely somewhere else. Yeah, it's... But uh, I, honestly, by the end of this, I just have to question, why did any child ever watch this and like this? 
I mean, don't get me wrong, it's not the worst cartoon ever, but it's definitely not good. If I had the option, I would not have watched the second episode. I don't want to watch any more of this. I will say, as a marketing scheme to market toys with cool catchphrases... This failed because they didn't have cool catchphrases? Suffering Sushi, what were those? I actually think uh, whoever it was... I don't know, it was um, Shipwreck. I think I'm picking up enemy readings. Uh-oh, battle alert. We've got snakes in the dirt. Like that? I could have seen myself buying a toy with that catchphrase. Uh-oh, battle alert. We've got snakes in the dirt. That's, that's... You were a, um, special child. That's rude to special children. <clears throat> All children are special. Ask their parents. Oh, I just meant I wasn't. Oh, is that it? Ask my parents. <laughs> true our mother does hate you (laughs) okay so that's gonna take us on to episode two would you like to give them the name for episode two since i don't care enough to keep track of that season one episode two the pyramid of darkness part two what's the rest of it rendezvous in the city of the dead yeah because we can't just have a simple easy episode name so uh my very first note and reaction here yay more dumb joe stuff it's right here in my notes so this episode opens up with Shipwreck and Snake Eyes. No, no, no. It opens up with a recap of what happened the last episode. I was skipping that because we just recapped the last episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just mentioning it. This show has recaps and next times for anyone that likes those. Nobody likes those. I know. Although I wish... I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> so Shipwreck and Snake Eyes are trapped between the two walls of spikes that are coming in on them, and it's the saw blades moving across the floor towards them. And Shipwreck is desperately still trying to repeat the catchphrase. Which I still don't remember what it is. He didn't either. He started to fail here. He kept messing up, if I remember correctly. And then Polly's like, boom, boom, bam, knock it out. Because it's a parrot, so it repeated the voice perfectly, even though that's not what parrots do. And all the systems shut down. The robot's like, you're good to go. Have Get a nice moving. day. I think it literally says, have a good day or have a nice day or something like that. It does. I don't remember if it's a nice day or a good day, but it definitely does. Yeah. So, Snake and Ship, Snake Eyes and Shipwreck are standing next to one of these control cubes. And we get an announcement from Cobra Commander to the loyal Cobra workforce. Cube 1 is done and ready to deliver. And Cobra's quite happy with the extent at which they've taken this and their speed. My internal canon for this... Yeah. Is the Cobra agents that are cheering for the completion of this cube? Yeah, they cheer. Because they're they really gunpoint. happy about it. He, he thinks it's because they're at gunpoint. I like to think that Cobra just has like a better overall health system. Like People legitimately more wor- enjoy working there. Like they get, all, they get to work with all this new high-tech stuff. 100% free health care for yeah. Cobra employees. I mean, they get paid in shillings, as we find out. Gold shillings. It doesn't matter if it's a shilling at that point. Just melt that down into more gold and pass it around. Oh, Cobra... So Cobra appears to have eye morale. We don't know why that is. Maybe it's fan because they might get shot, or maybe they have really good benefits. It's up in the air. Look, I'm just saying Cobra agents need free health care. I assume they have it. I mean, they can't go to hospitals, so somebody somewhere has yeah. to. Like, yeah. So then Ship and Snake continue walking around, and they get stopped by a higher-up. Only after they plant a tracking device on that cube. Yeah, yeah. By a uh, workforce guy. And... I appreciate this man. He's the first person to ask about since when is it within like Cobra standards to have animals. He doesn't ask about the mask though, which does bother me. Yeah, no, he's just like, why you got a parrot and a wolf? He doesn't say anything about the mask. He's just like, 
Parrot and a wolf. What the fuck, guys? Yeah. So Shipwreck comes back about, hey, if you want to take these animals and use them for target practice, you can. But you got to explain it to Destro yourself. Yeah. So which the guy questions about whether Destro is, he's just like, you know, Hitler had a canary and Attila the, Gold, Attila the Hunt had a thing for goldfish. If you want to mess with Destro's zoo, feel free to. And then the guy's just like turns to Snake and tells him to make sure that this other guy takes care of the animals correctly. Yep, and then we cut to the other Joes on the air, on an aircraft carrier now, where they're setting up their temporary command. Yes, with an admiral who doesn't seem especially thrilled about them being there, and even less thrilled about the fact that they have Jane on board. Because she's a woman. And, and women, women don't belong at sea. They bring bad luck. So the, the Jane scene... stands up for herself. That she's not bad luck, women aren't bad luck. That's just an outdated old Navy thing. Flint stands up for her too. So, you know, not so bad, but... He's still a little cringe. Yeah. So then the Joes and the carrier learn about the fact that one of the cubes is being moved and where it's going and head out to intercept it. All because of Snake Eyes and Shipwreck putting that beacon on the cube. Yes. So then we cut back up to Space Station Delta where we see the Cobra boys making our G.I. Joe Space Bros work at things. Also, I'm going to work on my writing because apparently that's uh, extremely needed for this. Yeah, the Joes are being forced to work by a combination of Cobras and the Minotaur people who are furry, fatal furries, right? Yeah, fatal furries. Yeah, which are Minotaurs. Fatal, fatal, fury, fatal and, furries, fatal fuzzies. And in case you can't remember, they're Minotaurs that breathe fire, have a utility belt, and a gun. All because some dude played a whistle. Yeah, it's great. You gotta love it. Also, they're fatal fluffies. Fatal fluffies, that's right. I had to go back up to my notes. Also, we learn at this point that the Fatal Fluffies can speak. Yes, and they are whip-cracking taskmasters. So they're telling me back to work, and then Dusty, one of our Joe bros, starts singing a song, a really, really bad song. Really just to annoy these things. I think it's really just to annoy the other Joes, right? I mean, I would think so. And then he and other guy there's two other guys one of them is named mutt and then they have a dog named junkyard i might have those backwards yeah um they just start talking about how they're going to figure out what's going on and report it back to base and they come up with a plan to turn the gravity back on because so things cur- fall down currently it's off and we have some of our cobra guys just riding around on atvs doing fun stuff like riding around the walls in circles because they can honestly it feels like these guys have just been like We've got these giant monsters cracking the whip and doing what we need to do. Guys, watch me do this flip. And they look like the type of people that would just be like, yo, bro, 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 watch this sick flip. So Dusty, so they distract everybody. Dusty runs up, turns the gravity back on. He freaks out and starts yelling about how he needs gravity. And the gravity comes back on and he takes off running. After everybody else falls down. Mm -hmm. And some of those ATVs should be like straight up erect. They fell directly from the ceiling. But as he starts to run off, all the people are just suddenly back on their ATVs. Yep. Also, before he, t- he did this, he was like, hey, Mutt, af- after two minutes have, have passed, I need you to turn the gravity back off. And we'll find out why in just a second. Because Dusty's running towards this giant tunnel to vertical shaft. Uh, I labeled it as the Cloud City Chute. <laughs> Which apparently leads down to the control room. And he just dives headfirst down it. Yeah, so you know. When gravity turns back, when gravity turns back off, he should still die because of momentum. No, no, because when he when gravity turns back off, it's not actually zero gravity; it's anti gravity. Yeah, no, that's what it has to be. 
So they turn it back off, and he does this flip to land on his feet, because that's necessary. And he just barely touches down. Yeah. But really, like, really lightly. It has to be anti-gravity, because when the gravity comes back on, people, like, start shooting back up towards the ceiling. Like... I mean, arguably, they shoot back up towards the ceiling because of a rotational force that the space station is generating, so it's actually slowly moving them out of place. Yeah, but only the non-Joes shoot up towards the ceiling. Exactly. That's the problem. And I'm going to go with none of them have, like, maglock shoes or gravlock shoes, because they're all just wearing normal boots. Yep. So we then find out that the control cubes are removed into position. Yes. We learn this from a call between um, Cobra Commander and... Zartan. That's his name. Which I... we see when Dusty shows up there. I just have Cobra Agent listed because I got nobody's names. Yeah. So Dusty's there watching and then the Cobra ATV gang show up to hit, catch him. Just so the gravity goes off again. So you know. And so these guys, these guys are the only ones that apparently momentum works on. Because they continue to fly past their ATVs, which their ATVs stop. They themselves do not. Yep. Yep. And so... And then they crash into Dusty and them, and they land on the floor. Mm-hmm. And then we cut over to Destro and a group of Cobra agents as they're trying to align one of their cubes near what looks to be active lava flows. Yeah. And some of this, what looks like active lava... Splashes up on Destro's face. While he's busy using a nice little surveyor setup with the scope and the all the fun stuff. And then he takes a, he takes a sander and grinds the liquid lava off yeah, his face. Yeah, the thing we assume to be lava because it's, it, it's steaming, it's hot, it's pink, it's bubbly. It's pinkish red. And when it pops up on his face, though, it doesn't change color. It doesn't seem to harden. So if it's lava, it doesn't make sense because whatever it is, he can't just wipe it off. He tried for a moment. So he just grinds it off his face. Yep. And then as he's trying to align this cube, G.I. Joe shows up, led by Jane and Flint. Because why wouldn't they? Yep. Jane and Flint are almost immediately shot down, though. Yeah. Uh, Destro actually yells Cobra for a reason this time. I guess. Cobra trainees and soldiers are just... The moment you hear the word Cobra yelled, you just start shooting things, which makes me wonder about their factory work, because Cobra Commander did yell, did yell Cobra earlier. Do you think it just turns into a riot when that happens? Or Dif is, is it only when you're off-site that you start attacking? When different, yells it? different training divisions. Oh, okay, okay. So if you're out in the field, if you hear the word Cobra yelled, no matter who yells it, you just start shooting whatever's nearby? Yes. Okay, and if you're inside the factory, if someone yells Cobra, you yell it back and immediately start building whatever's closest nearby? Yeah, you just build faster. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Jane and Flint obviously have parachutes and land safely, but they land in what we thought was lava. But I and guess it's just... waiting through it? I guess it's just like a pink or like reddish mud. The thing that bothers me though is it doesn't stick to them. Yeah, no, it doesn't stick Some to them. Some of it gets on Jane's face and makes her like, that's your color because it's pink. And then she just wipes it off. What was so wrong with Destro that he couldn't just like wipe whatever this was off when he tried? I have no idea. I have no idea what this shit is. I don't know if it's like... You think it would beat up <clears throat> and fall off of his metal face more than it would their clothes. Yeah, I have no idea. It's... Yeah. Yeah. So we cut back to the base, and we see Snake and Ship trying to find the uh, chief engineer's office. Snake wreck and ship eyes. And it's locked. So, you know, Shipwreck's like, oh, this will take finesse. Apparently in G.I. Joe, finesse is code for kick something in. No, because Polly calls him out on that. Polly's like, that wasn't finesse. Do you think the bird's actually trained in G.I. Joe conduct? I think the bird is hyper-intelligent, and we should be scared of it. <laughs> okay, I'll take that. That sounds right. <laughs> It's definitely smarter than shipwreck. I'm telling you. The bird actively changed its voice some to get past a voice lock, and shipwreck just kept repeating the same <clears throat> thing in his voice. 
So they get into the chief engineer's office, and they still random laser disc out of the machine. Because it's what's running the production line. It's putting the code into these cubes. According to them, but they didn't check anything. They yeah. just ejected it from a console. Yeah. And so then, then they get held up by some Cobra guys. Yep. And they fight the Cobra agents off, take their weapons. And by then they, he actually means the wolf does, and the parrot flies around, and then the guys pick up the guns. That's what I said. They, Timber and Polly. The true heroes of the story. And this is the point where I'd really like to note, though, the music in this show is actually really good. Yeah. Except for the opening, which I don't like. I told you the opening's a banger. The music in the show is I, a banger. The music, yes. The lyricism in the opening is bad, though. But the overall music is actually really good. So then they take off and begin to make their escape. And we cut back to Space Station Delta. Where Cobra is dealing with the Joes who attempted to warn Earth. And Dusty and other guy. I think Mud is his name still. Are next to this little electrical box. And the other guy's talking about, like, just because you know, you've repaired refrigerators, I mean, you know what you're doing with this. And yeah. Dusty's like, yeah, but I only have to do this small thing. Yep, so they're going to try to hijack the communications so that Joe can hear everything that's going on. Yeah. So first they distract them, so... Not hear everything that's going on. Intercept all the messages, messages. Yeah. as they're still going to Cobra, so Cobra won't know what's up. Yeah, so it's being sent to two places instead of one. Yeah. So first they have to distract the Minotaurs, so they hit one with a cable? Yeah, they, they cut the cable out of something. No, no, this is this is before they cut the cable. Oh, yeah. They but, hit it with another cable that's just there. Which makes the Minotaur think another Minotaur whipped it. So then they start fighting, and then more Minotaurs join in and start fighting. And then we see Dusty cut into this live cable with a tiny metal saw. And they've illustrated that these cables have electricity going through them. By the top one, I think, is gold, and the bottom one's blue. It's orange, and then you see the electricity traveling yeah. through it in the bottom. when he cuts through it, it stops. But he cuts through it with a metal saw. So good. It doesn't get electricity, nothing. I'm like, okay, whatever. Fine. I don't know why that doesn't work, but that's all good. But also, he doesn't get electrocuted, and Cobra's not aware of a gap in, like, their communication trans. Maybe they weren't communicating right then. Maybe they just were on call together. I mean, maybe. Even though they've had a constant call going this entire time. He then takes this jumper thing that they're trying to use to hijack communications. Because a Minotaur shows up and sees them. And he uses it to shock him. Which means there was electricity running through the cable. When he cut through it with a metal knife. My solution, my, my, um, not solution, my thesis here is that G.I. Joe, as has been illustrated through this, they're not particularly good at their job. They just don't follow physics like everyone else does. Momentum doesn't affect them. Electricity doesn't affect them. To be fair, if you could build a military force about of people who are at will unaffected by physics... Oh, no, that would be great, yeah. I mean, for all we know, maybe that actually is lava, and they're just not affected by heat now. Oh, fuck. So, they manage to, like, shock this Minotaur away, and then they install this jumper box so that they can intercept the communications, and... We see the other Joes get the new information... And yeah, they so start to send people the off. Other, the, off. Other, the other Joes on the aircraft carrier get the information of where the other command cubes are going to be. And they all like start getting ready to fly out. Yeah. And then we see these two guys just kind of talking and bickering. And one of them's going over fuel consumption and stuff. One's a, one's a nerd. Airtight, I believe his name is. And the other is a pothead. Yeah. He uh, has leaves on his helmet. They're five-point marijuana leaves. He's literally a pothead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're literally on his head. Yeah. So then Roblox shows up, and he just keeps rhyming. And I'm not going to lie, it feels really racist that you make the one black G.I. Joe member that I've seen so far constantly rhyme. Everything he does is raps. Yeah, just spoken word rap, apparently. Yep. 
and it, it feels bad. It makes me feel bad. Yeah, it does. But then we cut away from them. We cut back to... Then we have commercials. Oh, we have commercials. That's why my notes don't Commercials make sense. that cool. I am still more interested in. There was a nice commercial for Ovo, which is talking about food stuff. And, you know, I just had Indonesian food, but it kind of made me a bit hungry again. Not a lot, but a tiny bit. I mean, our food was really bland. Yeah, the curry wasn't nearly hot enough or even really flavored well enough. The yeah. asparagus was good, but you hate asparagus. I, the green beans were amazing. Also, oh. that crepe, man. But anyways, um, so we, we get these commercials, and then we cut back, and we're, we cut over to Shipwreck and Snake Eyes. That's their names. Um, yeah, you got them right this time. And they jump on a manual pump trolley Yep, that is in uh, the subway system. In the very advanced Cobra subway system. No, they're up on the Enterprise City subway station. No, no, they get up there in a moment. Oh, okay. Because they follow that up in a ladder. Once oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. But the very advanced Cobra subway system, which is suddenly now just rock walls and tunnels. Yep. And so they're on this manual pump trolley. They're talking about how they can't activate its motor, even though it hasn't yet, until they get far enough away. So that Cobra can't hear them. And then Cobra guys show up. Yeah. And so Shipwreck starts attempting to activate this auxiliary engine. Which, if you've ever tried a pull start motor, you understand his frustration. That, that's, not, that's not the part I care about. The part I care about is, well, he's doing this. Snake Eyes is pumping the trolley. Yes. And Timber the Wolf is pumping the other side of the trolley. Yes, yes he is. It's great. And then the ripcord snaps, and shipwreck almost falls off, but Timber saves him. And the engine starts. Yes. And away they go. And Cobra's like, oh, get the reptile... I don't remember what they're called. I think... Give me a moment. I think I haven't noted. Um, track reptiles. Which are like four-person steer things that run on the tracks. And they, they look like bobsleds, but with snakeheads that run on railroad tracks. Yep. So, Snake Eyes and Shipwreck are being chased by these guys. And then their engines and their minecart gives out. And so they go back to manually pumping. And we cut back to the Cobra guys behind them. And the head of the lackeys tells them, whoever catches them will get 10,000 gold fang shillings. What the fuck? I know I already mentioned it. But, Cobra uses shillings. Who uses shillings? Cobra uses shillings. I mean, apparently. Um, But yeah, so we come to a split in the tracks where they have... Uh, what are they called? Uh, track switch. Track switches, yeah. And this is the coolest moment of these two episodes. Yeah. As Shipwreck and Snake Eyes drive by... We get to see Snake Eyes Sna- actually do something for he once. He jumps off the trolley, does a flip to like catch the track switch, flips the track switch, and then like slingshots himself back onto the trolley. Yeah, it was actually nice, and the animation wasn't bad for mid to late 80s. I was actually surprised on how cool that was. It actually looked pretty fluid. It was nice. Yep, so they get away from one of the reptiles. They, they throw off the pursuers, and they think they're fine. And as they're heading down the track, they see another track reptile park in front of them. And so they, Shipwreck pulls the ceiling down. They start shooting at struts on this yeah. overhead thing, and it falls down to make new tracks. And they follow along that and stop right next to a ladder. And climb up out of the s- subway system. And Into the slums of Enterprise City. The city, the city is part of town, but Cobra still has eyes on them because we see a Cobra agent on a rooftop watching them. In a trench coat. Yep. And a fedora. He might not be a Cobra agent. I'm assuming. Yeah, that's my assumption. Um, and then uh, we come back to Destro versus the Joes. And so Jane and Flint are attempting to attack Destro from the high ground. Yes. And after they attack him with an exploding javelin... He blows the ground out from underneath them, and they fall back into the not lava, maybe lava, because they have, I'm pretty sure, physics-bending powers. And Jane appears to be drowning. And then, to be continued. Yes. 
And that's the end of those two episodes. So do you want me to give my final thoughts first, or do you want to? I'm going to give mine first, because I think mine are much more controversial than yours. Episode two is notably better than the first. It's actually almost watchable. I'll give you that. It is better. That's that's my controversial take. Everything else I think we're pretty much the same on is other than this show being other than this episode being better than the first, it's still all trash. It's no wonder that a two movie series based on this failed. <laughs> like honestly, I feel bad for any kid that grew up with this show and thought it was quality entertainment. Like, Jesus. I do have to admit I have a little bit of a macabre interest in like finishing this arc. Not the show. I'm never finishing this show. And honestly, I'm not finishing this arc. There's just a part of my brain that's like, I want to know how this ends because it's so stupid. Yeah. So for me, uh, very, very first final thought. I'm so happy to be done with this. I'm happy to have grown up in the, in the 90s and 2000s where we got shows like Avatar The Last Airbender and anime. I mean, yeah, the anime thing, man. Like, don't get me wrong, I love Avatar The Last Airbender. But my first like shows I remember really watching besides like Blue's Clues, which I watched concurrently alongside the next few things. Gundam, Kodoyoko, like Ronin Kinjin, stuff like that. We had good cartoons. We had Rocket Power, Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius. Like, I feel so bad for the kids that grew up on stuff like this yeah. and the old Transformers cartoon. So honestly, I think this show is all over the place. It has bad dialogue. It has poor consistency with how things work. <clears throat> AKA, Joe's have physics breaking powers. Yeah, and I'm never watching more. I refuse. Overall, yeah. I'm I also s- not gonna. Yeah finish this overall i would say do not watch this if you have fond memories of it leave it at that nostalgia is a lie it's it's lying to you okay you should already know this by now but nostalgia is a lie be happy with the memories don't try to relive it i don't want to shit on your memories of this show if you liked this but keep your memories pristine remember them for as good as they were because they will never be as good as you think they are yeah so that's been our overall review of gi joe american hero a real, a real American hero? A real American hero. Yeah. Thank you for flying with us. Uh, no? No? You got more stuff to say? I got more stuff. No one wants to hear you talk more, man. They've already been listening to it so long. But whatever, you continue. You do you. I mean, I just wanted to wish everybody a happy Independence Day, if you're American. Happy Fourth of July. Have some barbecue and fireworks. You know, go spread your COVID. Yeah, you know, do the traditional American thing. Ignore health and safety. Drink copious amounts of alcohol and play with things that explode. Hey. Are you adding me right now? I am adding you. Because I have copious amounts of alcohol I plan on drinking. Yeah, but you're also going to play explosive things at the same time? Probably not. Yeah, see, you're a bit smarter than the average American. I'm also That's gonna, right, I'm insulting all of you. Accept it. I'm also going to stay locked in my apartment away from people. Yeah, see, like a tiny bit smarter. Anyways, happy 4th of July. Thanks for flying with us. And please fly again soon. 